What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the D-Class Motopod. Just wanted to give you all a little heads up as we're going into this episode. So we recorded this one with Nick Rogers last week, and somehow our audio recorder just straight up deleted the file. So luckily, we had a backup from Zoom. Uh, So just wanted to let you know, Nick's audio sounds great, but the audio on our end sounds a little echoey since we were in the garage. Um, But Nick sounds great, and that's what's most important because he's the guest. So just wanted to let you all know. That's why the quality is a little bit lacking on this episode, but uh, we'll be getting some good ones from here on out. So appreciate it and enjoy this episode. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to D-Class Moto Podcast. We got Nick Rogers, known as the Rogers Land on TikTok. Um, he's joining us. We're just going to kind of talk some dirt bikes, talk whatever. Mm-hmm. Aiden's over here in the middle of eating a cookie. Yeah. I got the munchies right now, and that's not for the reason you think it is. I'm just always hungry. Oh, my so. gosh. Better be a good cookie. Yeah, so, so what up, dude? How are you? Yeah. Uh, we're good. We're we're just trying to deal with uh, crazy gas prices, even for the moto community. It's kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I hear you on that. I literally, I filled up on the way over here tonight, and it was like 380 a gallon for like, yeah. the, like 89, whatever yep. the cheapest gas is. And I got premium, yeah. and it was $4.45. Like, it was ridiculous. We went riding the other day up at uh, Aonia Pass, and we had to stop at a gas station and get gas. And my buddy has the uh, the SR Cowie, so we had to stop and get race fuel, the 110 octane. Oh, yeah. And I think he was paying like $6 a gallon. He ended up having to fill up the jug, and I think it was like almost $40 to $50. Ooh, that's just that's, that's, that's fuel. race fuel for a dirt bike. is yeah. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, that's one thing that I've like gone back and forth about because I really love the smell of race gas, but that's why you want to switch to race gas is just for the smell. No, I really want to, I want to push race gas because I want to run through my one, two, five, but um, I don't know if I, I, I don't probably ride it enough to where it's um, like, I want all the power I can get on my, on my 125. Like I'm literally, I'm at, the, I've reached the limit, the power limits of my bike. Like I'm never like, Oh, that was too much power. Like, I am trying to squeeze every ounce of power out of that thing. Um, and I'm rebuilding it right now. It's, it's, today is like, I was supposed to tear it down yesterday, but I, I chose not to. But anyway, try to squeeze every little ounce of horsepower out of those things. Race gas, I think would be a great rate because then you can like up your compression and all that other stuff. But um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Is it worth putting race gas in your bike if you, you know, for the performance gains and stuff like that? Like how much are you gaining? It depends. Uh, some people run the 93 premium. Uh, some people run the 90 or 93, I think, with no ethanol in it and consider mm-hmm. that pretty good. That's what I run. But that's what a, most of the companies, if you buy new bikes stock, that's what they typically call for. Uh, I know I run, uh, I was running the 90 no ethanol in mine on the, uh, the works edition. Mm-hmm. And then I decided just to change it over to the 110. Uh, but pump gas is okay to an extent. You don't notice much of a difference between the 93 no octane and the race fuel, mm-hmm. unless you're actually at a, like a really competitive level, I would say. But you can definitely smell it for sure. And yeah, I think yeah. it you, know, you notice it on the pipe too. So it's like pump gas, you can smell it. Uh, and usually it's like black carbon on the, on the muffler. 
Mm-hmm. And then you got uh, the race fuel. It burns like really, I think, pretty lean. So it's right. like when you when you put your finger on the inside of the pipe, it's like white. It's almost like charcoal. Hmm. So it, it's it's weird. Apparently, I've heard it's good. It's good to run for the piston to a degree, but I don't know if that's really true or not. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know how. I mean, I work on cars for a living, and um, I kind of have to know certain amounts of information, like with fuels and stuff like that. Stuff that I've learned. Um, I know for a fact that the higher the octane, it's the it's a slower burn. It's more of a controlled burn, yeah. so you can control. Like if you can, you can run a higher compression, you can, you know, advance your spark, but you're not really doing that on a dirt bike. Um, I mean, these 450s are probably, they're doing a lot with timing. I bet on, on the 450s and 250s and four strokes in general. But when you run a higher octane, you can, you can get away with running like a leaner mixture um, because it's more stable. It's going to burn more accurately. Um, and so with that, you can, you know, up your compression and then do all these other cool trick stuff and your bike usually is going to be a little bit happier, but, um, I mean, those are gains, the gains that you're getting from running like a, like race gas. Um, it's pretty expensive. Yeah. It's, it's really expensive. Except, uh, with the wave gas pump gas going right now, it may get to be, it's, it's, yeah. too long. <laughs> it's a lot. You're, you're paying for a little reward. To, yeah. To be That's what I yeah. feel like. But I, I battled with that for, the first week and a half to two weeks I owned my bike. You know, I, I just talked to the shop and I was like, eh, should I run race fuel or should I do the 93 no ethanol? Mm-hmm. Didn't really know because they talk about with the works edition, you know, you got the ported head and the cylinder and all that stuff, polished head and whatnot. And they, you know, people said you need to run race gas. Some people said you don't. I'm pretty sure with the Cowie, you definitely have to run race gas. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. All I've been running what I've been back. running. It's been working. So, yeah. So, so before we get like too deep into like talking about random stuff, uh, give us a little background of like who you are, like, uh, I guess like where you grew up, how long you've been riding, things like that. So I have been born and raised here in South Carolina, Columbia. Uh, okay. to break it down. Uh, I've been riding dirt bikes pretty much my entire life. Uh, I started out riding a TTR 125. Hey, yeah. I've, owned, I've owned a CR125, same thing as you got back there. Right on, right on. Um, I've had a CR85. Uh, I bought a RM250 out of college, a RMZ450, and then uh, I've had two RMZ450s, actually. Uh, probably, everybody hates on Suzuki's, but probably one of the most solid bikes I think I've ever had. Mm-hmm. So. When it comes to reliability, uh, handling, anything of that nature, it was best by by far. It, it still probably has features on it that are better than my Honda. Wow. So, uh, but uh, I ride at a lot of tracks pretty local majority of the time. I've started to venture out a little bit. Like we went to Lazy River in Georgia last. Uh, I think it was last fall. Uh, That's up in like Dalton, right? Yeah. We, yeah. Uh, we one did of my the- buddies, uh, he just moved to Dalton and he was like, yo, there's a track like right by my house. Like I've never heard of it. And I looked it up and it was, yeah, that's, that's what it was. But. Yeah. It, it's pretty interesting. It's not, it's, it's never been a regional in the past. I believe it was actually like an area qualifier for Loretta's. 
but uh, apparently this year they decided they wanted to do it as a regional. So that's big. Uh, so I was like, okay, well that we'll we'll give it a shot. And I didn't do any of the classes because I wasn't ready to do uh, some of the classes because you got guys in like twenty five plus, thirty plus. I mean, they are ridiculous. You have mm-hmm. to make it through the area to get to the regional. So the regional, I did the twenty five plus R class. Mm-hmm. kind of get an idea of what it was going to be like. And even in that class, people are fast. Yeah. So uh, I think in 30 plus uh, Mike Brown won that class and he was mm-hmm. freaking ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah, uh, we, we got to watch. So we went to Loretta's back in August uh, and we, we just went on Saturday, which is the last day, but we got to watch that race where it was like Mike Brown and then Jeff Emig was out there on like a, I think it was a 152 stroke. Yeah. Um, and then like the whole talk of the whole thing was Rhino out there on that CR250. Yeah. Ronnie. Yeah. But yeah, that was Ronnie that Renner. Was, Ronnie Renner was an interesting one. I think he came out there and it was, it was shocking to see him out there, honestly, because no one expected it. He he held up pretty good majority of the race. And then he kind of kind of died off a little bit. Yeah. Didn't keep up with the pace. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm trying to remember all the guys that were out there. Uh, are you guys familiar with MX Guru? Yeah. Yeah. He was out there. Um, gosh, there's uh, – what's his name? He rides the Honda. He was number 24. He, ra- he races the Arena Cross Series. Kicker Arena Cross Series. Uh, dude, I'm drawing a blank. Um, yeah, he's teammates. Kawasaki? No, he's riding for Honda. He's teammates with uh, Kyle Peters. I don't know. Honestly, I don't keep up with arena cross too much. Mm-hmm. I, can't I know who Kyle Peters is, but yeah, he's racing supercross. But there's a guy that apparently uh, is his teammate that he was freaking. I think it's Henderson or something like that. I can't remember. Okay, but uh, he was flying. Mm-hmm. I I couldn't believe how fast that dude was. He would have won the race if he didn't crash. But really, anyway, I don't know how that goes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, well, cool. So, uh, shoot, there's something I was going to ask you, but I forgot. Um, so, so do you, you're, I guess you ride mostly tracks then? Yeah. Um, a lot of local tracks near me. I think I, when I was messaging y'all the other day about riding with, uh, Huckett Films and getting us all together. Yeah. Uh, there's a track up here close to my house called GTR and it's probably one of Michael's favorite places to go. Uh, They've made some changes to it, but it's a sand track, and they also have a small clay track. Hmm. Uh, the clay track's not that great, but they got some good trails, and their big sand track is really pretty good. Uh, in the past, it used to be owned by a guy named Donnie Adams. Okay. Uh, I don't know if y'all have ever heard of him. Um, probably one of the best track makers out there. Uh, uh, or preppers, I should say. Um, the guy who actually built that track out there actually lives down the street from me. His name is Jonathan Jones. Uh, he helped out with building that place. So it's been there for a while. It's been owned by a bunch of people. But, I mean, it's not just that place. You got Next Level 101 up in uh, the Upstate uh, Club at Chesterfield. I know we were talking about that earlier in TikTok Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's in Chesterfield and they have been doing a lot of open houses recently mm-hmm. with the practice track 
we've been up there a few times for that track and that track gets rough and it gets rutted to a degree and it's got yeah. some big jumps and it's got some uh humongous like ant hill and three tier doubles going up it Dang. it's freaking gnarly but uh trying to think of anything else um have you, ever been, have you ever been to a place called jiffy's no i haven't been there so, so i used to ride like back when i was in middle school which was forever like ago. well like 2006 probably and there was this place it was the first exit into south carolina from georgia it was called jiffy's and it was basically this dude that just had this like track in his front yard but a lot of people used to go to it back in the day um i have no idea if it's like still running or what the guy was like Super old school, no website, no Facebook page or anything. Word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. I've I've no idea if it's still there. It was from what I remember, it was a cool track, but it was like like that's the only track thing I've ridden in South Carolina. But we got we got quite a bit of tracks here. Uh in Columbia in South Carolina, in the border of Georgia, South Carolina, in the border North Carolina, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get you got arena cross series races in Asheville. Okay. Uh, they do that between December and February all every year. You got all the tracks near Columbia. Uh, they got Paradise GTR, Next Level 101, Turkey Creek. Uh, there's a bunch of tracks, but Aonia Pass is the one that's like on the border of Georgia, South Carolina. That's where they hold probably some of the bigger races. Okay. Yeah. I know I've heard of that before. Uh, between Georgia and South Carolina, that's probably one of the biggest tracks that a lot of the guys go to from the two states uh but then you got you go further down towards florida and it's like uh ww ranch and then you have places uh where they hold like minios mm-hmm. um, so we, we go to places like that all the time typically now you know my buddies they typically like to do these races uh in Asheville and uh some of the local ones, uh, like we tried to do the arena cross up there in uh, Greensboro, uh, the kicker series. Yeah. It was like freezing cold. Oh my God. It was so cold. Huh. Never did that again. Yeah. I was going to say it wasn't indoor, right? It was indoor, but we went to, instead of going to Greensboro, we went to CGI, which is, it, it, the difference wasn't really any better. It was still cold. It was like 20-something degrees. That was actually, if you look at my, my Instagram, my TikTok, I recorded one where, a video where I was driving off towards the start gate. Uh, and you can see the number and stuff on my back. Uh, that was CGI, and it was like 20-something degrees, and I wasn't wearing anything but, like, just the jersey. Oh, dude, that's like, cold. I was freezing cold, dude. Oh, I don't even know how you perform. Like we went out to, uh, uh, I don't even know if it was Valentine. We went, we rode somewhere and it was just freaking cold. Like I'm in my hoodie. It was kind of cold this weekend, at least the first. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, we went down to, uh, it was this place in Macon, Georgia. We went there with, uh, Michael and Carlton. Um, it was called yeah. Ivy's. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It was like kind of like a know somebody to get there kind of. Thing. Yeah, like like these guys like could like build this track in their yard. I mean, there were a lot of people that showed up, but it wasn't it wasn't like there was like a sign up front or anything. Yeah, right. Um, it was good to pass it. It was really sandy. Um, mm-hmm. 
but it was pretty cold when we started out there, but it, it got to be a nice day. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, and then on Sunday we were at scrubbing dirt. You ever been there? Uh, I heard about it. I've heard some good things about it, uh, but I haven't been there yet. We really like it. I mean, so like both of us, like we're, mm-hmm. we're pretty dang slow. Um, yeah. and uh, Hey, Hey, I'm pro- I just started racing in C class level stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 I'm not fast by any means necessary. Yeah. I mean, it's, we're, we're all about, I've, I've come to the real like realization that like this, this is my hobby. I'm never going to be, I'm never going to be like top level at it. So I just, I just got there and enjoy it. But anyway, scrubbing dirt, like it's pretty much all tabletops. It's a really easy track to learn. Um, and it's, it's got some really good dirt too. It's like, it's like, I guess it's Georgia clay, but it's like, it's not like it gets like stuck to your bike to where you like, like tacky. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, it's it's definitely tacky, but I don't know. There's, there's hard pack on some of the, some of the portions of the track just because you can't really get a tractor there, but, um, well, all all the jump faces are like good and like really consistent, mm -hmm. which is like, there's, there's been some tracks like where like they'll get all like lipped off at the top, you know, or like it kicks you a different way every time, Mm -hmm. every time I've ridden there, like the jump faces are perfect. Um, it gets like some good ruts that are like fun to hit, but not like over the top where you like are getting, you know, you're not like going like up to the pegs or anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I like it. They do a really good job prepping it. They're like pretty much always open, which is like, yeah, that's the number one thing you can always count on. Is I, don't, I don't know if it's, if it's an issue where you are, it sounds like you have some pretty legit tracks where you are, but so, so we're in Nashville and like right. a lot of these tracks are only open like one weekend a month. Mm-hmm. and they'll just like kind of like post on facebook like the day before like yeah we're open whereas like we're trying to figure out on like tuesday or wednesday like yeah where are we gonna ride this weekend yeah and like yeah. we're basically just like are any tracks gonna be open at all this weekend and it's like all up in the air to like friday afternoon mm-hmm. um but it's like scrubbing dirt's like if it's if it's not pouring down rain they're open mm-hmm. um but yeah. i i I haven't been to many places in Georgia to ride. I mean, we've been to Durham town, obviously. If you haven't been there, you normally everybody knows what Durham town is pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what they call it now, but well, now it's gone. Right. Well, from what I heard somebody, I guess they just renamed it. So really? I don't know if it's open again. I know Michael said something about it, but, um, he he says he doesn't really want to ride there anymore. It just beats up the bikes too much. But yeah. um, he mentioned a couple places to me that he was going to. He said he was going to 10 mile one day. Uh, yeah, I think he, he had talked about that's where he took that like bad crash, right? Yeah. yeah. So he, it's yeah. like a sand track or something like that. But uh, there was another place he went to that I was interested in checking out. It was like a clay track. It looked like it was on the side of a mountain really it looked pretty pretty dope so uh, you know i was talking i keep talking to him about getting together we were talking about going gtr this weekend but he got that he had a flat tire or something like that whatever yeah they literally so so we we packed up kind of early on saturday because because we knew we were riding sunday too we didn't want to like kill ourselves So, uh, we're like, Hey, we're going to load up. And they went off to like take pictures or something. And then Michael came back like 10 minutes later. He's like, yo, <laughs> tires flat. Yeah. It, it, it's something I know. I know. I thought I had a flat tire during 
Uh, and I did it. That track had a lot of rocks. On yeah, it. that track, like it was, it was sandy, and then there were just like there was a mix of all. There were like little rocks, and then there. Were, I mean, you'd see like boulders like this big, just like right in the middle of the track. Yeah, right in the line. Yeah. You have to dodge that, which I mean, you end up doing. But um, there are some rocks that I, I almost, I didn't almost crash because I anticipated it. But if I wasn't prepared, I probably would have went down. Um, this rock was right at the landing, and I like landed and then hit it and my front wheel came like straight up and luckily i was like off the power oh as it may have like crashed i don't know but that track was really cool there were some really sweet doubles really gnarly doubles like you really had to ring the bike out in order to hit some of these doubles um but the sand is a lot of fun to ride in i love just reeling if you like if you like sand you'll definitely like there's two tracks here that are pretty sick uh mm-hmm. there's gtr which is a huge sand track. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't get extremely deep, but it it is definitely pretty sandy, but mm-hmm. it's big. A lot yeah. of straightaways, a lot of uh, tabletops, mm-hmm. uh, a few doubles here and there. It's got a big, long roller section where people, there's guys that like triple into them and like skim the top of them. I mean, it's, huh. it's, it's a fast track. Yeah. Um, and then there's another track like going towards like Charleston okay. uh, called paradise. It's actually owned by D, uh, Jason Dragonetti, um, which he races some of the outdoor pro nationals. Mm-hmm. Um, that track is built on an old golf course. So it is deep. It is. Yeah. Oh, is that, is that a track that uh, I think I've seen a lot of TikToks on that. Is that kind of like a getting popular? Like it's like like really like green grass all around it. It's it used to have a lot of green grass around it. Uh, he had sections where it was like switch lanes, and mm. he had a big tabletop in the back. Uh, he, I mean, he, that track was legitimate. Like if if you watch Tomac back in the days mm-hmm. when he was railing turns on the sand tracks and stuff like that in Pro Nationals, this was the kind of track you could do that kind of stuff. Mm. He literally had long turns that you could just rail outside corners and stuff like that it was was a dirt bike rider's dream to ride at that place um which is i think one of the reasons why he called it paradise but uh it they changed it because they had a lot of issues uh where they we had that bad storm that Mm -hmm. came through dumped a ton of rain the wind knocked trees down he basically had to redo the entire track to oh, the man, point where sucks. he had to he had to bring the track up a little bit mm-hmm. and make it to where the water could drain in the same direction in some shape or form. But uh, that place was pretty sick, and you better hope you have a sand tire when you ride at that place because it is deep. Mm-hmm. Really, you're gonna need a scoop for that place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were just looking at tires and. I almost contemplated getting a sand or like a, like a sand favoring kind of tire. Um, it's not like a full sand, but, um, we do ride at a lot of places that are sandy, but then at the same time we ride it equally, you know, like tacky, uh, like clay dirt. Stuff. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of different options, especially like up, up here in Tennessee, like there's some stuff that's pretty hard packed, some stuff that's like, there's a track called R3 near us that, uh, it's pretty sandy. Yeah. Um, and then we go down to like scrubbing dirt and it's like Georgia clay. So yeah, there's yeah. the, the, the right answer is getting multiple tires. Yeah. Right? I just got to find it's, out who's got it's the wheel and hub. 
It's interesting because I think you got you guys and I think Huckett. I haven't seen him them go up to Aonia yet. I've been trying to get them to go, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's hard pack. But it it gets they rip that track before most of the time you ride it. So like really? you seen that video I got where the ruts. See how deep the ruts were. Yeah. Uh, it gets like that just about every time you go. And like in the mornings when you get there, if you're the first ones on the track, oh dude, the traction is like ridiculous. You can go anywhere, you can put a bike anywhere. It's it's amazing. Mm. But later in the day, it gets rough, um, terrible braking bumps, accelerating bumps, it gets rough, period. It is bad. Yeah. And then, uh, they had a few guys like last week, or uh, I don't know if it was last week or the week before. Yeah, like two or three guys get airlifted. Really? So um, it, no. it gets rough. Yeah, that's crazy. I know that uh, South Fork, there was some pretty gnarly braking bumps and even acceleration bumps, like coming out of some of those corners, you're like really fighting yeah. for traction and stuff. But yeah, um, yeah. especially on a, on a really tough track like that uh, with deep ruts, um, I can't even imagine trying to climb your way out that's of those. motor. Especially on your little bike. Yeah, south of the border is the same way. I think we're going there probably for the area qualifier, I think, this year. I think that's where we're going to go. For I think that's the vet vet regional or the vet area qualifier. Mm -hmm. So, like, 25 plus, 30 plus, 40 plus, all that. But uh, I've rode one time at south of the border, and – it rained the night before, and the next day it was like literally one lined everywhere across the track. I mean, you couldn't go up a jump without seeing 13 or 14 ruts. You couldn't go in a turn without seeing 13 or 14 ruts. Even on the start gate, uh, the ruts were like this deep. Jeez. And I pulled probably the greatest hole shot I've ever, ever had at south of the border and had the most gnarliest crash on the same day. So really it was pretty bad. It was right off the start, pulled the whole shot. I was at least three or four bike links ahead of everybody. And I was going way too fast towards the exit of the corner. The dude on the outside was still going and we collided bars locked up and it sent oh, me flying. Ken Robinson, Justin Anderson and Sam, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Two paths on a collision course. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna check on the camera real quick because I think that car might also be getting full. Well, let's take like a like a 30 second break real quick. Sounds good. These cameras, I don't know. Well, I know why they do it. So these cameras, they cut off right at 30 minutes Mm -hmm. because there's some weird tax because like they're they're made in China or whatever, and there's this weird tax where if something records over 30 minutes, there's just like extra tax they put on it. So they literally like make these cameras cut off just because of that. It's mm-hmm. like super annoying. But anyway, what were we talking about? Uh, we're back, by the way. <laughs> welcome back. Welcome you, back to the podcast. Pretzels. I, I'm totally lost in, in that train of thought. Uh, I think we're just talking about like random tracks. Uh, mm-hmm. We could talk about like some Supercross stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, what was you your... keep up with Supercross pretty well? Yeah, I follow it quite a bit. We're, I think we got our... My one of my buddies uh runs like a little pulp, I think it's the pulp fantasy or whatever. Yeah, we're, um, we're doing that too. Yeah, you boy so in place now. I did terrible the last <laughs> time. I did terrible. 
Um, I think a lot of people. Do. So, so what's your strategy with that? Are you yeah. are you picking like a guy that's like borderline main event, or are you keeping uh, safe? I guess the idea behind it is to try to make sure that all of your guys get to the main. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the biggest one. And then like some people take the chance of doing the uh, first, first to the, to the finish, finish or whatever. Yeah. For the first uh, time. Uh, unless you pick Craig, <laughs> you're probably not going to win that. Oh, if yeah. he's in the West. Uh, I think in this 250 class on the East Coast. I think it's kind of hard to pick that right now. Yeah. Uh, especially since like Jet is pretty inconsistent when it comes to starts sometimes. Forkner mm-hmm. uh, is pretty inconsistent. He used to be good at starts, but uh, he's been inconsistent lately. But uh, I don't know. I, Tomac's doing pretty good on these starts except for the last race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was because of his partner, Mr. Ha, 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 Dylan Fernandez. He, he was he was back in the pack. That's the reason that that even happened. Because you're right. If you're he had right. been in first place, he wouldn't have gotten hit by right. old Frenchie. But uh, I, I venture to say, I feel like he's going to do a lot better in this race. I, mm-hmm. I I don't know if this is the triple crown round. Yeah. I think uh, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because they're doing one triple count on the East Coast, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. One or two. One or two. Mm-hmm. I think they to... mentioned last weekend that this weekend was triple crown, which I don't really like the triple crown. But it was last time that when Tomac won the championship last or 2020, it was a triple crown in Arlington. So okay, um, I venture to say it is. But uh, it'll be interesting because it's they changed to start again, so it goes like to the right instead of left. Really interesting. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. usually. They're... Usually every gate drop starts with like a left-handed turn. I don't even yeah. know if we've had a right-handed turn this season. No, it's first one. Yeah, um, I don't think so. And then they added it's got two whoop sections. Uh and they're a little bit longer than I think the ones that they had in Minneapolis. Minneapolis. So we'll see gnarly, that. are they a little gnarlier? Because apparently all the West Coast guys were like all upset that the I, I don't were like know. super I think, easy. <laughs> I think Arlington's uh the dirt there is going to be more hard packed than Minneapolis. So yeah. I believe they'll hold up better. Uh, apparently from what I heard, they made them with the dozer there instead of the uh, front loader or whatever. Okay. So the front loader see, I think it's Corey that makes them. I think I follow him on Instagram or whatever. I watch him as he builds them. Mm-hmm. So uh, they were gnarly on the West coast. And I felt like, if you're going to keep it, you might as well keep them gnarly and make it even for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, which I, I think somebody mentioned that on one of the, it was either pulp pulp podcast or somebody else said the same thing, but uh, I, I'm interested to see what Roxon does because uh, he had a better finish this time than he did the last few races. And I'm wondering if he's trying to figure out, something with the bike maybe so. well, what was what is weird is like i mean first race of the season he came out yeah he he won the Blazing. first race of the season right yeah 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 Blazing. and then i don't know what happened after that he just kind of yeah, dipped off and just got, was like yeah either a bad start or a bobble somewhere and you know he, he would get past and he just wouldn't have the the pace to like come back and well what's weird is like like i mean 
I can't really talk too much about him because like he's one of the fastest guys in the world and I'm over here like putting around my local track. But it almost seems like when something goes wrong for him, he like like once that one thing goes wrong, then it's like the whole night's over. Like when when Anderson hit him, he dropped back to like well like 18th or something. And then he like finished like way back there. And it was pretty early in the race, I think, when that happened. And there's been a couple other incidents where like he goes down early or something happens and then he's just like, it's just over. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what exactly is going on with him. I know he's like always Mr. Like, Oh, like super cool and like collected. And I don't know if like having a kid is like impacted his speed at all or yeah, probably it's impacted. That's kind of impacted rider, a bunch of different riders in different ways. So like, you know, Tomac's a dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's well, so Tomac. Yeah, he was the first dad to ever win. Yeah, a title, right? Yeah, he's the first dad to ever win the title. I mean, Chad Reed had kids, but I don't think he ever won the title in those years that he had the mm-hmm. kid. So, uh, I I venture to say I mean, he's got two now. So you know that'd be crazy if he wins another one and he has two kids. So, uh, yeah. Roxon, he's got his first, uh, you know, Craig, Craig could win the 250 class and he's got kids. So, yeah. uh, it'd be interesting. I think it'd be pretty, pretty historical to see, you know, let's say Tomac wins it and then Craig wins it. And then each class had dads win for the first time. Yeah. Holding their kid up on the podium or something. So, so give us your picks. I mean, 250 West is kind of already set in stone, I feel like. But uh, give us your your 250 West, 250 East, and 450. If you had to pick someone that's going to win uh, overall. Let's see. 250 West, I believe Craig's going to win it. He's already ahead. Uh, uh, yeah, now he's – so now that Hunter went down, I think yeah. Mosman's in second, but he's already like well, like 20-something points behind. Yeah, he's almost a full race behind. So, so yeah, so that that's almost wrapped up. Yeah. Um, 250 East, even though it just started, I don't think anybody in that class is about as fast as, as Jet is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jet was making mistakes in that whole entire race, and he was still faster than everybody. Yeah, uh, you yeah. could tell mm-hmm. he wasn't that wasn't 100 like accuracy with that race, and he still yeah he still won by a good bit. So uh, and then 450s, it's hard for me to say who could win that just yet, but I I think you'd have to say uh, Tomac is extremely consistent, so you got to put him up there, mm-hmm. and then I really believe Anderson is like. He's on fire, dude. Like yeah, I can't yeah. explain what's going on with him. Yeah, so. it's it's been weird to see. Like honestly, like I, I wasn't following Supercross super heavily at the time when he won his championship. I mean, I would like keep up with it, but I wasn't like watching the race every Saturday and stuff like I am now. Um, but then like to see him like kind of over the past couple of years, he's been like, you know, up there top five, ten, but he hasn't been like you know, former champion looking mm-hmm. type rider. But then this year he just like, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm sure the bike change had something to do with it, but yeah, I think, uh, I think the bike has a little bit to do with it. Um, probably feels more comfortable on that than the Husky. I would presume he, he looks more 
you ever heard the expression well, when people say when when they're throwing whips and stuff like that, that means you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does that. He literally scrubs things, whips things, puts the bike where he wants it at times. Uh, he looks like he's having fun riding the bike. Mm-hmm. So uh, I can definitely see that. I see the same thing with Tomac, except Tomac usually keeps it all together. Uh, yeah. Majority of the race. So, um, Chase is a little bit of the same way. He puts it out there a little bit. He, to me, I think one of the reasons why I feel like he crashes so much is he is stiff. He looks stiff all the time. Yeah, I, I kind of see that. Notice that he is stiff. So, I think that's one of the reasons why he crashes a lot. And I mean, I hate it for him because I feel like he's he's definitely going to win a championship in his career. But I, I'd hope so. That's yeah. That's one thing to remember with Chase is like he is so young compared mm-hmm. to everyone else out there. And like yeah, I was, I was pulling for him. And like I think, I mean, after this past weekend, it's gonna be hard for him to, you know, make a comeback from like all the way to the title. But he, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like he looks stiff sometimes. He he also has like the most like picture perfect form a lot yeah. of the time. Mm. Like like obviously like like Jason Anderson, like he's obviously got great form, but it's like, it's kind of like different from like the traditional, like taught, like, like someone in a, in a training video is not teaching someone to ride like Jason Anderson. They're like, but Chase Sexton has like that, like very structured, like perfect form. Um, which, I mean, it makes, it makes all of them a blast to watch ride. Cause yeah. you know, they're, they're so, they're so different. And then like Eli's over there, just like, wide open everywhere he's like freelancing like wide open i i can't explain his riding style but he's he is on the gas but he almost looks like just free in the wind i I can't explain it yeah he finds i think i think eli does a really good job of finding new lines um he rides he rides the different parts of the track that nobody else really wants to um like watching him hit quad sections that nobody else is really hidden yeah I mean, maybe he doesn't use that quad section but he'll find it and- well what was interesting too was like i was watching i think it was uh what was the other triple crown they already did mm-hmm. um in arizona right window yeah yeah i remember i was watching the um like the time qualifying and they were following eli and they figured out that he had this quad that he had figured out but he wasn't doing it in practice because didn't want anyone else to know that it was an option mm-hmm. and they were yeah. kind of like following him and and you could tell he would he would get into the section he would look behind him and when there was no one coming he would do the quad and then the next lap around he would look behind him he'd see someone and he wouldn't yeah. do the quad mm-hmm. there's like actually, interesting there was actually two uh so chase did one uh let's see there's two rhythm sections where when they were going back where like freezy took out craig yeah, that's the one that you're talking about where he did. Yeah, a yeah. There was another one, two rhythms over. Mm-hmm. They were like going basically the same direction, but it was on the far wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they were doing a quad into the turn, mm-hmm. and I think Chase was the first one to hit that, and it gave him like so much time. Uh, I think at one point they they said Tomac did it too, and he did both of them in the same lap. And yeah, I'm sure that there's oh my god, dude. Time, or two. It went from like I think it went from 50, it was like 59 point something. He dropped under the 58, I think. So uh I could not but 
you think you're talking about sub one minute lap times mm-hmm. on a technical track when probably people like me and you would probably take a minute 30 to get around that whole track. Yeah. Oh, at least. I mean, I'd be rolling every single jump. So it'd take, <laughs> it'd take me about five minutes probably. Yeah. I'd be over here with whiskey throttling it through like everything. I look oh, at those man. tracks and I go, I might do the double maybe. Mm-hmm. So, and then I see a whoop section. I'm like, I'll be like Cooper Webb when he, Fell down in that one turn behind Barsha that one time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going around there. I don't want nothing to do with that. Yeah. I'm just completely dodging it. Yeah. Forget yeah. that. Um, so are you going to any races this year? Like, like, uh, they, I know they got the one in Atlanta this year. We thought about going to Daytona because they're holding, I think, amateur day there. Yeah. And, yeah. and the vintage race there. So, uh, which we go to the vintage race sometimes, but amateur day, it was between Atlanta and Daytona. So if we go to Daytona, we had amateur day. If we go to Atlanta, it was kind of just going to be a, a weekend trip or something like that, where we could go college football, fame, go to the race. Uh, what else they got there? They got the Coca-Cola factory or whatever. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff to do there. But what was interesting, the last time I went to Atlanta was the year Tomac won the championship, and they did it at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. That was literally the year that uh, I think COVID started. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was at that race too. Mm-hmm. Like right after that, because my son was born, uh, I think, almost two weeks before that race, and we okay. decided to go. So it was it was pretty – a pretty stressful trip to say the least oh, sure. having a newborn. Yeah. yeah. But uh it was still kind of cool to see because Tomac had one of those rides where he fell down and he came back to like third or fourth. Yeah, I think I remember that. Um so if you end up going to Atlanta this year, we're gonna we're gonna both be in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um I know that Michael and Carlton are also gonna be there. Um so we'll have to all kind of hang out. The Daytona race, that'd be mm-hmm. sick too though. Yeah. Um we so I, I grew up I, I grew up like just north of Atlanta. Um so we would go to the the race downtown every every year. Um but then last year they did it uh at the NASCAR track, which yeah. is they're they're doing it again there this year. And it's I, I thought it was a lot better. I mean, last year we had perfect weather. Um so obviously it would kind of suck if it was like pouring down rain or something. But last year like perfect weather, the lap times were like I think almost two minutes or something. Oh, yeah, they were long. They were super long. The track yeah. was really, really and it got And the track got rough and gnarly. Uh, if I can remember. So, so last year they did three, three rounds in Atlanta because of COVID. Uh, the first race I think was pretty muddy. The second race was like getting drier. And the third race, the one I went to, when I went, it was like perfect conditions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you end up coming going to the Atlanta race, we'll have to link up and I don't, we're trying to do something cool. What I really want to do is go to the pit party and like bring one of these microphones and just interview random people. That'd all be day. super cool. Yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun. I don't know what the rules are with like bringing stuff into the pits, but you know, bring strangers. I don't know. But we're, couple, we're, we got a couple buddies that would love to probably join something like this too. Like Jonathan, uh, he is he is big into moto. He yeah. listens to pulp, pulp audio uh, podcast all the time. Uh, he knows anything and everything supercross, basically. Really? 
Uh, he is a also like a suspension guru. He, I well, mean, he, that's what he, dialed mine, yeah, seriously. <laughs> he dialed mine in for me pretty good for all the different tracks and stuff like that. And that's just stock suspension. All yeah. that. So, uh, he, he could pick his mind about a lot of stuff. Yeah. But, uh, I'm trying to think Cody do he basically is one of the other guys that ride with, we got a huge group of guys, mm. but we're also looking to like expand that group a little bit. Yeah. For sure. to ride with for sure. So um, that's why I was talking to Mike. I was like, we need to get together, man. Cause like we could make so much content and expand yeah. like TikTok and YouTube mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that and kind of make something that no one else has. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, it, it'd be, it'd be a lot of fun to do that. Yeah. yeah. We'll have, we'll have to all get together or something. I mean, maybe if we all hang out at Atlanta or if not, then we can try and do something. Um, so how far is GTR like from Atlanta? GTR is in Gaston, South Carolina. So it's about 15 minutes from my house, but it's about three to four hours from Atlanta, I want to say. Oh, but if my, you're taking my... I-20, like if you're taking I-20 to uh, – I would be taking I-20 to Atlanta. So it would take me literally straight smack dab to Atlanta. You could actually get off on one of the exits and go straight to GTR from that exit. So Okay. Um, but, I mean, it, it's – I don't want to say – Depends on like when the race. So like a race would be on a Saturday, I'm guessing. Uh, Sunday they would do like a prep practice there where it'd be fully prepped. Mm. We came back that same night after the race, then we would be there early in the morning. It'd be like freaking legitimate, like soundtrack. It'd be yeah. yeah. So yeah, we'll have have to try and do that sometime. I wonder if if it's that far from Atlanta, it might be faster just for us to come straight from Nashville to there yeah. instead of trying to get through Atlanta. I don't know, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, I mean, I told Mike, when she comes down here, he's more welcome to stay at my house. So uh, I got place to store the bikes. Uh, I got cameras. I got all that stuff. So ain't nobody stealing that out of my yard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to try and make like a weekend out of it or something uh, sometime in the spring, but uh yeah. We just need to get a little bit warmer, at least. Yeah, dude. Okay. It's actually been – I don't know about where you guys are up in Tennessee, but here it's been high 60s and 70s. I think tomorrow it's supposed to be like 80. Really? So, What's yeah, been, when, so we were down in Georgia this past weekend, you know, and it was like the mornings were cold. Like I rode in a hoodie, but then by the middle of the day, it was like – 50 degrees. It was – I mean, yeah, it was, it was – I think it got up into the 60s this weekend. But up up here, it's it's kind of miserable. Today it was like thirty five and raining all day. Ugh. Yeah, the last, so, the last this whole week it's been like thirty five and raining since yeah. Monday. Yeah, you're more getting hit by cold front. Yeah, hope. I mean, I don't know. Hopefully, it'll start getting warmer soon. We've we've been dealing with it for here, a minute. You, so you can guarantee when you come here or Georgia, uh, it's probably going to be. 60 degrees more likely which is yeah. great riding weather yeah uh, you can almost put a hoodie on or you know yeah, 60 off. degrees i can just go in my jersey and yeah you get, yeah, you get pretty hot and pretty quickly yeah yeah but yeah, yeah we'll, we'll have to put something together um did you guys see that I, i'm almost kind of tempted to like like 
call off a day of work and do this. Uh, on next Thursday, Jet and Hunter are doing like a free ride day at Dade City MX. Do you guys see that? I yeah, I just saw that on uh, I saw that on Instagram actually. Yeah, so, I think that's where I saw it too. I looked it up. It's like nine hours from Nashville. And I was yeah. like, so I can go down there and sleep, sleep in the car. Like it said it was from like four to 10 p.m. or something. So I don't know if that track has, I guess it has lights on that track. Um, Problem. I was like, you know, I could drive down to Atlanta and then call call off of work on Thursday. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That's a that's a long haul to that new the new gear that he's got from Alpine oh, Super. Yes. That stuff is slick, man. Where and, and it's for sale. You can get it. You can actually buy it. That's the best part. Most of that, most of that gear is like unobtainable. Well, the only thing though is like like all that gear, like like the gear he wore this past weekend, it looked sick. But like my favorite part about that gear was like the 18 with like the like the blood dripping off of mm-hmm. it and stuff. Yeah. And then like you look at the gear without that, without like the big Honda logo on the front, like it still looks cool, but it's like huh. it looks that much cooler when mm-hmm. it's like got all your custom stuff on it yeah Um, Yeah. the only thing i was disappointed about was i i thought that there was going to be the other riders wearing it too so like i saw tomac Tomac was wearing the same same gear uh Mm -hmm. that he always wears and anderson was wearing some of the same gear he wears it was like jet was the only one wearing it yeah well i I feel like he's he's kind of got that like persona that was like i'm i'm doing my own custom thing Mm -hmm. yeah and so, I mean, he he does a good job at it. He's mm-hmm. he's kind of changing the sport and how it kind of goes with like like custom gear and getting all these new fans into it and stuff. I I love it, but yeah, he's by far he's by far probably got if he doesn't have the most fans in Supercross or motocross period. Uh, I'd venture to say I don't know anybody else who has as many fans as he's got. So yeah. dude, just uh, wait until the Deegans get in. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna that, be that is a TikTok. TikTok is the world for Hayden Deegan. Like oh yeah. Kids love Hayden Deegan. Well, it's it's funny too. Like I, I see like I remember when Supercross was about to start. I, someone posted, like, hey, what are your picks for this upcoming Supercross season? Some kid was like, Hayden Deegan's going to win it all. I was like, <laughs> bro, he's not even racing this year. Well, the guys that are racing Futures or whatever, uh, like Francesco, Ryder D. Francesco. Yeah. Uh, he yeah, smoked really like everybody in that class. So, well, yeah, I saw that. Like, I don't know why, like, um, like Nick Romano isn't doing that Futures thing. Yeah, there's Nick Romano. Uh, and Chance Hymas would be the other. Even Adams, uh, Drew Adams, uh, I think he's still a little young, but yeah. uh, he's just as fast as DK and some of them other guys. But Hayden is on probably that level. He's still racing, I think, intermediate right now. Yeah, I think but, I think he's planning. I think he's supposed to race B class at Loretta's yeah. this year. Yeah. Um, if he does well with that, then we'll see where that goes. But I know he's been racing with the star guys or uh, – Practicing with star guys over there. So, Hopefully, he learned some whoop speed from Christian because yeah. from the videos that I've seen, he struggles with the whoops a little bit. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, somebody who's learned a little bit uh, was Tomac because Tomac hasn't been the greatest in whoops in the past. So, uh, 
he's been a lot faster in the whoop, except for the one race where he screwed up and lost the confidence the rest of the race because he yeah. should have beaten Anderson in that race. So he was all over him and then just like, no, nah, I'm not going to do all that. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, I think Hayden Deegan's going to win championships. I think he, him and Ryder DeFrancesco are probably the future of that class, uh, the 250 class, because you know, Christian's going to be gone. Jet, I think Jet will probably be moving up 450s before uh, they get to the 250 class in the pro yeah, level. Yeah. I think well, so. I'm, I'm kind of years. wondering, so with, with Jet, let's say he wins – the 250 uh, East Coast this year, and then he wins outdoors again. And then Ken Roxon retires after the outdoor season, which is like possible. Mm-hmm. Then do they move Jet up? Because they don't, I don't think that they want to, I don't think they're going to move Hunter up, but I also don't think they want to fill that 450 spot with someone to where they're not going to be able to move Jet up the next year. So there was a rumor, and me and Jonathan talked about this the other day. There was a rumor that Honda was making a third bike for the 450 class. So because uh, if Roxon still races, uh, let's say he races Supercross next year, mm-hmm. then because that might be his last time. Mm-hmm. So because I think I honestly think he'll if he races nationals and he does okay in the outdoors. I think he'll give Supercross one more shot, one more shot. Uh, but there was rumors that they Honda was going to make a third 450, and that would be basically be Jet's spot uh, yeah. because you know they're not going to re- release Chase Sexton. Chase has probably got that spot locked in. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I can't see why they would get rid of him. And they're not going to go. They're not going to go after anybody else because they got they got an ace in the hole in Jet. So um, Hunter too. If you well, that's there. the thing too is like they obviously don't want to get rid of Chase, but I also don't think that they want to split up Jet and Hunter. Yeah, they're kind of like a pack. I think two. Hunter. I think Hunter's going to stay in the two fifty class. I know he raced four fifties one year, uh, if I remember correctly, in the outdoors. I believe. Maybe um, I can't remember for sure, but uh, I do know that. If that rumor is true, I believe it'll be Jet that takes that because Jet was probably the one that's more ready to race in that 450 class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Jet, especially if Jet's definitely faster than Hunter. So uh, Jet just makes it look like a, it's, it's just too yeah. easy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. For real. Well, uh, so we're almost at the 30 minute mark um, on this camera. I guess we can just go ahead and just wrap it up. Yeah, we've already been talking for like an hour. So usually people don't like podcasts to go much longer than that. We're not the pulp and mech show, so we don't we don't yeah, talk yeah, for right. like six hours. Yeah. I don't know how they do that, man. Um, but yeah, thank, thanks for coming on. Uh, for for those listening, check out the Rogers Lane on TikTok. Is there anywhere else where they should check you out? Uh, they can check me out on Instagram. It's the same thing. It's at the Rogers Lane. Uh, I have a YouTube, but I don't really do anything there right now. Uh, I did in the past, but. Uh, TikTok is where I do majority of my stuff right now, and it's kind of a day by day thing. Yeah. I'll post some days, I won't post some days because mm-hmm. uh, I ride most of the time during about, if not every weekend, every other weekend. Yeah. Uh, 
but right now I'm kind of just trying to do a little bit more uh, stuff with like collabing with other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I want to start doing, like I was going to start riding with some of you guys, uh, Huckett Films. We've been talking about it for a while, but uh, that's what I'm looking at right now. But definitely check me out on Instagram and TikTok. Dope. Yeah. Sweet. Well, yeah, thanks for coming on. And uh, we'll have to do it again. And maybe we can uh, talk some more predictions for the outdoors or something. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Maybe maybe next time I'll come up there up there to Nashville. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. We'll, we'll have you up and do one in person and ride some stuff. That'd be awesome, definitely. Sure. All right. Yeah. Dope. All right, we're out. Thanks for listening to the Class Moto Pod, and we'll see you all in the next one. Adios.